KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The coronavirus pandemic from KYW In Depth. I'm Tom Ricker. At this point, high school seniors are wondering what kind of college experience they're going to have. Are we ever going to see crowded college campuses again? It seems like a fair question. There's a very real possibility that social distancing in some form or another is going to stay with us for the long haul. My colleague Suzanne Monahan has been trying to figure out what all this is going to look like for a while now. She talked with someone who has some pretty good insights into the situation. So I asked her to set up the interview from her office at home. I'm Suzanne Monahan. The four-year college experience will never be the same. That's according to Sarah Harborson. She's the founder of Application Nation and the former associate dean of admissions at the University of Pennsylvania. She's also the former dean of admissions at Franklin and Marshall. We talk about changes to standardized testing requirements, financial aid, and how colleges are struggling to meet their enrollment numbers. We also talk about the upcoming deadline for incoming college freshmen to commit to a school. Students are making decisions about where to go to college based on what that school was before the pandemic. But college life is likely to be very different going forward. So Harborson says when a student makes a decision about where to enroll, they have to be able to answer this question. Is this the right place for me, even if online classes continue or campus life never returns to normal? Sarah, what do you think is the biggest challenge for high school seniors right now um, who are trying to make a last-minute decision where to go to college next year? So all the colleges at this point have released their regular decision um, results. Um, One of the biggest challenges, though, is because they weren't able to offer admitted student events, high school seniors are struggling to make their final decision. So the universal reply date of May 1st has been going on for decades. That's the date when all high school seniors need to tell those colleges where they're going if they're planning to enroll for the freshman class. But the month of April is usually spent going back to visit the colleges where the student got admitted. And with no events going on, it's really challenging for those students to try to make a decision. In some cases, the student never visited campus. They were waiting to see if they got admitted. And now they're being forced to make a decision on a college that they never got to see. So some colleges up to, I think, 369 colleges at this point in the country um, and a few in Canada have announced that they have extended their enrollment reply date, in some cases moving it to May 15th, in some cases moving it to June 1st. So that buys the student and the family a little bit more time, Um, you know, not just in the hopes that maybe campuses will reopen. I don't see that happening at this point. But I think families need time to figure out, especially parents, Um, what their job situation is going to be like, and whether or not they can afford the college education that they thought they could afford for their child months before. So this helps some students. It buys them a little bit more time, but the vast majority of colleges have kept, kept their enrollment reply date as May 1st. So in the end, most students are going to have to make a final decision by May 1st um, because most colleges have not extended that date. So that's the biggest thing that our high school seniors are dealing with. Some colleges have done a really good job of keeping these admitted students connected. 
you know, without a rah-rah great event on campus, they had to be very creative very quickly. So in some cases, they're doing online webinars for admitted students and parents. Sometimes they're connecting current students with admitted students. They're encouraging those admitted students to join social media accounts for accepted students. So these are ways for students to get admitted students to get a feel for the institution, but nothing can replace going back and visiting campus after you've been admitted. And the fact is that some colleges are doing a whole lot more online things for students than other institutions are. Um, the next thing that, you know, students are facing here is just they're, they're not even sure if fall semester is going to happen. Will it be online? Um, will they be back on campus? Parents are worried about how this will affect tuition. Um, so there's a lot of uncertainty in the air. And very few colleges have announced their fall semester policy, even though I think most of us in the field know that these colleges know exactly what they're going to be doing because they have to at this point. But those colleges are afraid to announce fall semester plans because they don't want that to affect their enrollment deposits, which are already lagging behind than previous years. So we know that because a number of major colleges and universities are already using their wait list. This is highly unusual. Most colleges won't use their wait list until after May 1st. They have to see how many enrollment deposits come in. But we're seeing major universities like the University of Chicago, like Washington University, Georgia Tech, already reaching out to students on their wait list because they can see that their enrollment deposits are not coming in at the same rate as previous years. There's just so much for families to think about. And getting back to your point about going to a college that you've never seen, you have used a great analogy to describe that. (laughs) Yeah, buying a $300,000 house without ever walking through it. It's scary for a student and it's scary for a parent. Um, But I can tell you that there are a lot of admitted students right now that are considering colleges they never visited. And I think because of, you know, reputation, you know, these students ultimately have worked so hard. And if they get into a college, sometimes unexpectedly or as a big surprise, it is really hard to turn down a highly respected college or university, even if you haven't been to campus. Um, But that is a scary proposition as a parent to know that you're sending your child off to college potentially in the fall semester without them ever having walked on campus. And there's something that happens when you step foot on campus. Um, You do have a much better sense of whether or not the school is a match for you. The student can visualize themselves or not visualize themselves on that campus much more easily. There are virtual tours available on a college's admissions website But again, that's just not the same. It's not the same as walking around campus and getting your feel. It's interesting, though, there are a number of families that um, are doing drive-by visits, especially if the college is close to where they live. So let's say it's 30 minutes away, they get in the car and they drive around campus, 
but you and I know that campus right now doesn't have the same feel. There are no students on campus. If there are people on campus, they're wearing masks, and it can be really disconcerting to a high school senior. So even if a family is able to do a drive-by, it's just not the same. No, I, I have twin daughters who are juniors and we've been talking about doing drive-by, you know, but it's hard to get motivated to do that because to your point, you know, it's not the same vibe. You can't see the student, the students who are going there and you just don't get the same feel as actually walking the campus during a normal time. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a summer visit look like utopia. You know, some families (laughs) worry about visiting college campus in the summer because There isn't as much hustle bustle. There may not even be classes offered, but I'll tell you, that looks like a really good option compared to what our high school seniors are facing. And, you know, I would imagine even some of these smaller schools, if you, you let's just say you decided to enroll in a smaller school or we're thinking about enrolling in a smaller school, I would imagine you would have questions as to whether or not that school would even be able to sustain itself. That is a big concern. And we saw this with, you know, in 2008 with the recession, I was a dean of admissions during that period of time. It was uh, a very difficult period of time. You think these colleges and universities are just unstoppable. Um, And there are a handful of larger universities and some even, you know, small liberal arts colleges that have enormous endowments. But most institutions, whether it's a recession or not, are struggling. They're struggling to meet their enrollment goals every single year. And if enrollment is not in good shape, the college is not in good shape. And we know for a fact that these colleges are struggling, even the more the the highly ranked, highly respected colleges are struggling to meet their enrollment goals this year. So you can only imagine how some of those smaller colleges or colleges with smaller endowments are going to be struggling. Um, It's interesting, though, that this group of high school seniors has um, a lot of negotiating power, though. So if there are students that are looking for more financial aid or more merit money, this is the time when the colleges are going to try to make some uh, better packages because they're being forced to. We don't know what's going to happen in future years, but they know they need to do everything they can to fill that freshman class. So what I tell families is if you're looking for more financial aid, you want to make that appeal now. It takes a financial aid office sometimes days, sometimes weeks. And if the deadline for the enrollment deposit is May 1st, You want to get that information in as soon as possible. I tell families that if they got a better financial aid award from a competitor, from a competing college, they should include that with their materials. They should actually include a copy of the other financial aid award to show that institution that they're hoping to attend, look how much money this other college gave me. In terms of merit scholarships, same kind of approach. So if another college gave the student a better merit scholarship and that other institution is a competitor, they can send that information in and that can be part of their negotiations. I think that ability to negotiate is going to be so important for so many families because there are so many families that are in a much different financial situation than they were when their child applied to college. Yeah, and yeah, and, and again, you know, those colleges with, you know, large endowments, very big financial aid budgets already, who are already needed blind, they're going to 
they're going to handle those financial aid appeals coming in pretty late in the game. Whereas most colleges and universities have a very strict financial aid budget. And once they hit it, they can't go over. I just heard from a family in the last 24 hours. Um, they did not originally apply for financial aid. The student got admitted to a highly selective Ivy League university that's knee blind. They applied at the last minute for financial aid and immediately got a financial aid award back from the college. So that can happen at some of the more selective colleges, but you're not necessarily going to find that across the board. And are you finding that some schools are waiving certain fees, um, like enrollment deposits, or maybe even thinking about waiving application fees for the fall? So I think uh, there are, there's a a small group of colleges that are waiving enrollment deposits. So the student would just need to make a decision by whatever date that is, whether it's May 1st or June 1st or even May 15th. Um, But there are going to be some colleges that aren't requiring an enrollment deposit. And that can be extremely helpful for a student who's coming from, you know, a low income background or, you know, their parents have just lost their jobs and they can't um, gather up the money for the deposit. Uh, you might be seeing, as we look for the cla- to the class of 2021, you might be seeing a lot more colleges waive application fees, but we're still not sure what's going to happen with tuition, room, and board for fall semester. We don't know if it's going to be an online program at all of these colleges or if students are going to be back on campus. But a lot of families are curious about how that's going to affect the bottom line, how much they're going to owe for next year. Um, And, you know, there are, again, very few colleges out there that have announced plans for the fall because they're so worried it's going to affect their enrollment deposits. So that's another scary thing. So you're making a decision based on a campus you haven't gone to and on the fact that you don't even know what your class experience will be like. Will it be online or will you actually be able to live at that school and go to classes with other people? Most of the colleges, even though we know they are working 24-7 to figure out what's going on and how to make it happen, they're just not making those announcements just yet. My guess is they're going to wait until after their enrollment deposit reply date or after they fill the freshman class before they make those big announcements. And now shifting now to kids who are going to be applying to schools in the fall, do you think that schools are going to relax some of the requirements, admission requirements? Yeah, I'm just writing my weekly blog about that. So, you know, every day we're hearing of another college making an announcement for the class of 2021, mostly in regards to testing. So there are dozens of colleges and universities across the country that have already announced that they are waiving the SAT and ACT from their admissions requirements, including the University of California system, which is the largest public university system in the country. That's a big deal. This is just for a lot of these colleges, they're just making announcements for the class of 2021. There are some colleges that are announcing a three-year pilot for a test optional policy. So COVID-19 just kind of got them, forced them to do this sooner. And some colleges are even announcing from here on in, they're going to be test optional. But for the class of 2021, We've already heard of dozens of colleges waiving the SAT or ACT, and I suspect that we're going to see a majority of colleges 
making a similar announcement in the weeks and months to come. So these colleges are stepping up and saying, listen, it's going to be very difficult for students to take these tests. There are a small percentage of high school juniors that have already taken these tests, but that is going to be a fraction of their applicant pool. However, just because you can't submit SAT, or you don't have to submit SAT or ACT scores to some colleges for the class of 2021 doesn't mean that they're going to relax their standards. So the students who don't submit test scores with their applications, they're not going to be disadvantaged, but for them to have a good shot of getting into a highly selective college, their high school transcript needs to be extremely strong. Those are the students that are going to be more competitive. So not only getting strong grades in all of their classes, but have a challenging curriculum, and in some cases, taking the most challenging curriculum at their high school. Those are the students that are going to be put in the best position to be the most competitive for those colleges that are waiving the SAT or ACT. And that's the case for all test-optional colleges. You know, if a college has a test-optional policy, they don't have to submit those tests, but your transcript, your academic record in high school needs to be as strong as possible to be the most competitive in that applicant pool. Do you think that we're going to see a shift in um, a lot of kids choosing a college that's closer to home? I believe so. I'm already seeing this with our high school seniors. Um, Students that got into the colleges of their dreams are now reevaluating whether or not that's the right move from a distance standpoint, from an ability to get home if there's an emergency. And frankly, cost, you know, for a lot of students, if they were looking at colleges outside of their immediate area, they could be out of state if it's a public or state university or it's a private college Uh, with higher tuition. And so a lot of students who never thought they would want to stay close to home are now reevaluating that. I think the same thing is going to happen with the class of 2021. And I think moving forward, um, what's going on is unfortunate and it's so uncertain and it makes so many families worried. But I think many of us are taking a hard look at what we thought was important and looking at what really is important. And I think family is number one at the top of that list. So that is a big consideration for the current high school seniors and for those younger students. And in terms of visiting colleges, you know, they're all those high school juniors that usually spend their spring break with their parents visiting colleges. They weren't able to do that. We're also seeing colleges make some changes because There are a lot of colleges out there that use what's called demonstrated interest as part of the admissions process. That means that they're not just looking at a student's application. A lot of times they're looking to see how interested the student is in the college. And if you visit and spend time on campus and do the tour and the information session, that is a way to show demonstrated interest to a college. But now that these campuses are closed and admissions offices aren't able to offer those on-campus events, they're making changes. So they're offering virtual information sessions and students still have to sign up for them. So it's still a form of demonstrated interest, but you can see how the colleges are making adjustments on the fly. And on top of that, these more selective colleges, you know, getting a hold of an admissions officer as you're a prospective student is extremely difficult. 
A lot of times those admissions officers don't really want to spend one-on-one time with a prospective student um, because they don't want to waste their time. They want to see them in a big group because they can reach more people that way. But even some of these larger universities are making changes. I just heard Tulane University sent out communication to all the students on their mailing list asking them if they wanted to set up a Zoom call with their admissions officer to chat, they could do that. They explain that it's not a formal interview, but the truth is the admissions officer has a positive or negative um, impression of the student. It will absolutely impact that student's application and admissions process. Wow, so much information. Um, and, and you had said, too, that you, you know, don't think the college experience will ever be the same. The admissions process will never be the same, and the four-year college experience will never be the same. Whether we get back to campus in the fall or not, I think every high school student is starting to look at college through a different lens, and the parents are as well. Um, And I know you said that, you know, a lot of colleges, they do already know what their plans are for the fall. They just haven't released them. What do you suspect most colleges are going to do? I believe that they will at least have to start fall semester online. Um, I'm hearing some rumors of colleges starting fall semester a little bit later in hopes that things will be back to normal as well. So I think, you know, as students and parents, we need to prepare our kids for that, whether they're in high school, middle school, elementary school, or they're headed off to college. I think we need to put that into our family planning, um, that they might not be back to normal by then. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. If you want to listen to more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you just want to know how the news that you see on TV or hear on the radio will affect you personally, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Just search for KYW In-Depth on the radio.com app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Tom Rickard, and we'll have another episode out soon. 